Welcome to the Strong Mama Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole, mom, exercise physiologist, and pre- and postnatal fitness expert. This show is all about helping you navigate your pregnancy and postpartum journey with more strength, energy, and ease. Each week, pull up a seat for a new topic that will empower you to feel strong, capable, and confident while supporting your body through all the changes of the motherhood journey. Just a reminder that the information on this show is not meant to treat or diagnose any medical condition. Please speak to your medical provider for all things related to your health care. I'm honored and excited to be a part of your health journey into motherhood. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hey, hey, mamas. I hope your day is off to a great start so far, whether it's morning, whether it's night. Hope it's going well. I also hope your summer is going well. I know that as this episode comes out, it will be early July, so it's crazy to think we'll kind of be at that halfway point when we're listening to this. Um, And as this comes out, we will have just gotten back from a little family vacation, and it will be our first, will have been our first family vacation with just my husband, myself, and our son, Griffin. Um, Yeah, and probably our last kind of like big trip before the new baby comes. I am about 24 weeks pregnant. I'll be about 26 or 27 weeks when this episode comes out. So it's kind of like our last hoorah. So if you're following over along on Instagram at Strong Mama Wellness, I'll probably post some things over there um, about the trip. So here's to me now hoping that the trip (laughs) goes well with a toddler. Um, Aside from that, I have really been loving the one-off assessment sessions I've been offering for pregnant and postpartum people. So before we dive into today's topic, I wanted to just offer you the opportunity, if you haven't taken advantage yet, to sign up for a prenatal assessment with me. And if you're postpartum listening to this, this applies to you too, but this is more of a pregnancy-focused episode, so that's why I'm saying that. But just if you haven't already, sign up for a prenatal assessment if you are wanting to really establish a good base, a good groundwork for a healthy pregnancy. In this 60-minute session, we will completely go through your goals, your challenges, your lifestyle habits, your movements. So we'll also do a movement screen and then I will give you feedback and corrections and some clear action steps to take with you into your own exercise routine so that you can really have the healthiest pregnancy and postpartum journey that you can possibly have. And the session fee of $97, super minimal, will go towards a coaching package if you want to work together long-term in three or six month increments. Um, But it is totally a one-off session as well, so there is no long-term commitment, um, but super highly valuable. So I encourage you to look into that, to sign up for an hour session to really establish that healthy foundation baseline for movement and everything that goes from there. So that being said, you guys, we're going to dive into a little introduction of what we're talking about today, which is seven things to avoid when working out in pregnancy. So I'm excited for this topic. And to start, a little confession that many of these seven things to avoid are actually things that I had completely wrong at the start of my first pregnancy. So 
just like you, I was bombarded with Pinterest and Google searches that just often led to misleading advice and opinions. So, oh my gosh, Pinterest, you guys, just honestly stay away from it um, <laughs> during pregnancy unless it is a super credible, reliable resource. Same goes for Google, but I can just tell you from just scrolling on Pinterest in pregnancy and postpartum related topics, there's just, oh my gosh, there's so much noise and you just can't trust it. So anyways, I know that you're all smart. Definitely look for those reliable, credible resources to get your stuff from and yeah, stay away from it. That's what I've got to say. <laughs> um, all right, moving on. I started my pre and postnatal certification about halfway through my pregnancy and there were about 20 weeks or so at the beginning of that that I was just kind of winging it when it came to my prenatal fitness routine. So when I got into the certification materials, the education, I was like, oh my gosh, I've been doing this all wrong. Um, and not necessarily wrong in like a shameful or judgy way because if you are doing any of these seven things too, like no shame, no guilt. You can totally turn things around now and do it in more of a safe way, in a way that serves your body. But I just realized how unbelievably underserved we are when it comes to pregnancy and postpartum exercise. And you guys, I have a degree in exercise science. I have my exercise physiologist certification. I've been teaching group exercise classes, training clients for 10 years. Like, I thought that that was kind of enough of a base to, like, be able to serve my body best in pregnancy, but, oh my gosh, my mind was just blown. Like, and that's why, that's why I'm here, <laughs> to put it simply, but not even just, it's not even just about what is safe exercise, quote-unquote safe exercise, but also having the tools and the resources to prepare our bodies for the demands of pregnancy, you know, the weight gain, the different hormones that are coming in, the alignment shifts, like the center of gravity shifts, all of those things that play a part and how to prepare for birth, how to recover quicker postpartum. So it's not just about like modifying to make it safe, but really getting into how can we train for what is going to happen, what is going to come. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit more later. So I'll leave it at that. But as far as like a little preview in this episode, I, I'll share a mix of tactical things you can take straight into your workouts, along with a few mindset and strategy hacks around staying active and just ultimately having your healthiest pregnancy. So that's what you've got in store. Let's go ahead and dive into number one. So number one, this one you may have heard before, you may have not heard before. I actually had a client who just came to me who was doing some of these things later in her pregnancy um, and she did not know it. But anyways, this first one is to avoid advanced core work and exertion while lying on your back. So after the first trimester, these things should be avoided. The advanced core work like crunches, sit-ups, V-ups, Russian twists, literally anything um, that you're going to be on your back or putting tremendous strain on your abdominals like that. 
as well as exertion, any kind of exertion on your back. So what the first exercise that comes to mind is like a chest press while lying on your back. And the reason for this is that a couple reasons. First of all, when you're lying on your back, um, you are essentially blocking the vena cava, which is an essential artery that takes blood flow from your heart to your lower body, including your fetus. So that is something we want to avoid doing is really holding any weight or doing weight bearing stuff on our back. So try to avoid that stuff. And then as far as advanced core work, what that's doing is creating a lot of intra-abdominal pressure, which can lead to a greater abdominal separation, which you can learn more about in episode five, but it can increase your risk of diastasis recti and potentially pelvic floor issues because when we're not managing that pressure internally inside of our core then it's either it's going to either go up into our diaphragm or it's going to go down into our pelvic floor or even out creating more of that abdominal separation that we don't necessarily want more than we have to have because of course the baby has to grow and we need space for that and that's completely normal but avoiding that advanced core work will ultimately just help you not have to deal with a greater gap than your body naturally needs to have so i will say that i did this stuff far longer than i should have in my first pregnancy which I think led to probably a little bit of a greater abdominal separation than was probably my body was probably meant to have. And it took a while for me to recover postpartum. It took a while to build that strength back up. And I'm not saying that it's easier or harder for any certain reason, but I definitely felt like doing this stuff for too long in my pregnancy could have been avoided as well as a greater abdominal separation could have been avoided due to this. So that is number one, avoid that advanced core work on your back and exertion like chest presses and such on your back. Okay. All right. Number two, moving right along. This one is more of like a mindset one, which I think is kind of fun to throw in here to break things up a little bit, but this one is avoid holding yourself to your past standard. So this is something I talk a lot about on Instagram. Like I'll just sprinkle it into stories and such, but I just want you to think about your past standards before pregnancy, whether it is how many times a week you think you should be working out or how like healthy you should be eating or you name it, fill in the blank. But I just want you to think about how different your circumstances are now what new variables you have in your life new symptoms the way you feel in your body is different the way you move in your body is different the way you feel on a daily basis is probably different in pregnancy i I shouldn't say probably it is (laughs) your energy levels ebb and flow and often we hold ourselves to our past standards and then end up getting disappointed or judging ourselves for not being able to like hold to that standard. And we just need to adjust those standards and realize that they aren't serving us in this phase of life. And maybe there will be a time when those standards do come back into our life, 
But I also think it's so perfectly acceptable to realize that those just are not serving you. And that's okay. Like we can let it go without guilt, without judgment. We can cut back the number of days we're working out. We can cut back the intensity of our workouts. We can, you know, make any certain adjustments where that like a shame is coming up. So one thing I just posted on my stories recently was that in my first pregnancy, I think I was like jogging a couple times a week, once or twice a week. I was I was doing a, like a light jog up until around like six months of pregnancy. And this time around, I've done maybe one, one jog the entire time and I'm about to be at that six month mark. So I just want to say like, about that it's I could easily judge myself for being like oh well last pregnancy I did it this way and I was fine to run up until this point but truth is like this time it just doesn't feel good it doesn't sound good it doesn't feel good when I've tried it and so I have just made the conscious choice and like the intentional choice that that's just not going to be the way that I move my body in this pregnancy and someday when I recover postpartum and I'm feeling strong and if that's something that I want to do again, I'll do it and that's fine. So anyways, that being said, just acknowledge the phase of life that you're in and be okay with pulling back on some of those previous standards or expectations that you may have had for yourself that are not coming in handy or useful for you right now and just adjusting. So nothing wrong with that. Okay, moving on. Number three of the things to avoid working out in pregnancy. Avoid high-impact work after the second trimester. What is high-impact work? So high-impact work is anything where you're jumping or that, you know, provides impact to your joints. So usually jumping, running, those are the main couple of things that are considered high-impact activities. So after your second trimester... Some people will continue to do this, and I've seen it with like Olympic athletes who are like runners, and they'll run up until their due date. For some people, I will say this feels fine. Um, so listen to your body. Definitely, if you are like in that category of you love to run and it's feeling good, like of course, go by feel. And at the same time, like, I'll just say that from maybe more of like, not necessarily a conservative approach when it comes to exercise in pregnancy, but I do like to use some caution due to the pelvic floor and weight bearing on the pelvis at this point in pregnancy. So beyond that second trimester, we're really starting to feel the effects of weight gain. We are, our belly is growing and the weight of that is weighing heavy on the pelvic floor and pelvis just when you're standing. So when you're adding that jumping to it, we could just be bringing on a host of risk of injuries or aches and pains that we really don't want to have. So I would say if you don't have to do it, if you're not a professional athlete, then I just would not do it. Um, It's kind of one of those things, I like the quote, that just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should. So again, this may not apply to all of you, so I just want to 
have you exercise caution when you're doing this and most importantly just listen to your body when it comes to this stuff and even like maybe even in your first and second trimester this high impact stuff may not feel good totally fine you don't have to do it um, but you typically can through that second trimester as long as your body is handling it well um, so use caution listen to your body and I highly recommend and what I do with my clients is have them just to pull back, do some more low impact cardio work that can still be intense. I will say we can still make that exercise like challenging, get your heart rate up without all the impact on your body that could lead to pelvic floor issues or pelvic pain down the road, whether it's late in pregnancy or postpartum. So just be smart about that one. All right, moving on. Number four. Another thing to avoid is ignoring your pelvic floor in pregnancy. So pelvic floor work is what I think is something that is highly underrated in pregnancy. So in birth classes, I know that I I took a birth class the first time around from our hospital, and I'm sure there are better birth classes, you guys. Like there's probably, I know that there are some really good ones you can find online, Um, but The birth class I took was just recommending doing like hundreds of Kegels a day. That was all that was said on it. It was maybe like a a one minute segment. But all this to say that pelvic floor work is underrated. It's not necessarily talked about or promoted in these types of birth classes or spaces unless you're really seeking that information out. So anyways, I'm glad you're here for that reason so we can kind of debunk this because We hear about the pelvic floor and we think we should be waiting until postpartum to work on our pelvic floor because that's the healing phase, right? That's when we want to recover. That's when we might be experiencing some issues. Um, But so much can be done to prepare your pelvic floor when it comes to preparing for birth, like getting it to relax in the way that it needs to relax, that it can potentially prevent tearing in a vaginal delivery, and then also preparing for postpartum recovery so we can have that mind-to-muscle connection already established and speed up the healing process, lower your risk of pelvic floor dysfunction, prolapse, things like that. That all starts in pregnancy, you guys. It, you know, if I can tell you one thing, just don't wait to work on it. This is something that I teach all of my clients and it really comes back to breathing. So I'll probably do an episode on that at some point with just helping guide you through some of the breathing techniques that can really help with this. But something I teach all of my clients is the breathing techniques that help to strengthen their pelvic floor, incorporate it into their exercise, incorporate it into their daily life, and then ultimately then relax it as they lead up to birth. So all of those components are super important in that prenatal phase, and there's so much we can do to prepare our body for birth and postpartum in pregnancy. So again, I will say it one more time, don't ignore that pelvic floor Get yourself some breathing techniques, some exercises to really hone in on that area so that you can be prepared and stay functional, stay continent, all that good stuff, you guys. All right, number five, working out to extreme fatigue. 
avoid, (laughs) avoid working out to extreme fatigue. I think this one's probably a little obvious to most of us, but I do think it's worth being said because I have had the question that come up before of how do you know what is too much when it comes to exercise in pregnancy? So another tool that I teach my clients is the RPE scale, which is the rate of perceived exertion. So I want you to picture a scale of one to 10, one being like you laying on the couch, completely rested, and number 10 being you red in the face, um, lying on the floor, completely all out exhausted, winded, all the things. So you've got both extremes. And I recommend like just checking in with yourself during the workout and giving yourself a rating. Like what does this feel like on a scale of one to 10? How hard am I working? Because it's going to be so different for everybody. There's no like straight up guideline of like, don't get your heart rate over 140 beats per minute. That's a myth. Or don't lift this amount of weight. So everybody's body is going to be coming into pregnancy with a different experience or a different exercise background. So the RPE scale is super valuable. So I recommend not going any higher than an eight for your most intense workout. So like a moderate to intense workout could be between a six to eight on the RPE scale. And then something maybe a little lower intensity, like Yoga, walking, stretching is maybe around the three to six range or somewhere in there, give or take. So check in with yourself during the workout. We don't want to be pushing it past that line of not being able to talk during the workout. I think that's probably one of the most important things is you still want to be able to like maybe not talk in super clear, perfect sentences like I am right now, but being able to speak a few sentences without like gasping for air between every word that you say. So those are a couple different guidelines you can go by to assess and like guide your intensity during your workouts to make sure you're not crossing that that line. All right, we're moving right along. Number six. Okay, number six is to avoid sticking to the quote-unquote easy stuff. Okay, hear me out on this one. I'm not shaming anybody at all. Like, the, what I'm referring to here is things like very low intensity things like yoga, walking, very light weights or no weights. Now, if you prefer that type of stuff, 100% go for it. That's your preferred method of exercise and I want you to do it. And that place or that stuff serves a place in everybody's program. So there is no right or wrong way to serve your body, especially if you have been ordered by your doctor to keep things on the lower intensity side or not lift weights because you have certain complications or things like that. Like absolutely no shame, no judgment. Do your thing. Get moving in whatever way is serving you best. So I just want to kind of explain the other side of this and kind of what led me to picking this as one of the points today is avoid sticking to the easy stuff. So what I want to really kind of illustrate here is that what our bodies are going through in pregnancy, birth, postpartum is very similar to an athletic event. I like to use that analogy because 
It's so true. I've been an athlete my entire life. Um, I've played volleyball for like 14 years and it pregnancy, birth and postpartum, like with all the changes that are going on in our bodies and the different demands placed on our bodies, it's very similar to preparing for a big event like that. So I want you to picture a marathon runner showing up on the day of their race, running 26 plus miles, and they haven't trained for it at all. That rarely happens, right? And I think that pregnancy and postpartum are the exact same way. There's a set of demands that are placed on our bodies during these things, during pregnancy, during birth, during postpartum, and we can actually really help ourselves to function better, feel better, have less aches and pains, and just really kind of enjoy the process a little bit more when we're feeling good when we train for these specific demands. So just think about that. You are allowed if, well, I should say if you are capable, your doctor has cleared you for exercise. It is okay to push yourself a little bit. And I don't mean push yourself past that limit that we talked about in number five, but pushing yourself in terms of allowing yourself to gain strength during this time, like allowing yourself to strength train, to work on your cardiovascular endurance, to build that endurance and strength that you'll need in the late stages of pregnancy, during labor, and to be functional in daily life postpartum, caring for your baby, doing all the things, trying to heal while caring for this baby and maybe other kids at home. So you guys, it's okay to look at it as that athletic event and really start to put the things in place that are going to serve your body the best during this time. So I think in that rant, I may have given away number seven a little bit, but we'll talk about it anyway. So number seven is to avoid just modifying and to avoid not having a strategy. So I'll say that again a little bit more clearly, but essentially avoid not having a strategy with your prenatal exercise. So pre and postnatal fitness I've come to learn is so much more than simple, like simply modification. So I know that some trainers will modify certain workouts for pregnant women and that's all good and great, keeping them safe, of course. And I have found that like I was kind of leading into before, it's about having a strategy for our movement that will support your body in the demands of pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. So not just like modifying what you were doing before, but really looking at it through a lens of strategy, like a strategy of how to best support your body on this journey versus just getting by. You, It's a total game changer for how you feel and how you support your body. So I'll say that one more time. When you start to look at it through a lens of strategy versus just getting by, you totally change the game on how you feel and how you support your body and how you thrive from pregnancy to birth to postpartum. Do you feel how powerful that shift is? I love that. And I just want to kind of reiterate that we are training for 
this athletic event, whether you have resonated with the athlete's mentality or an athletic background in any sort of way or not, either way, what we all will experience is an athletic event because whether you're in that late stage of pregnancy where you've gained all of this weight and you're feeling heavy and getting around is harder, like that is an athletic event in itself. And then birth, of course, is with the pushing even if it's a C-section, you guys, like, of course, we're not having to do much during that C-section, but the recovery journey for any type of birth is tough, right? Like, we have to restore our body. We have to heal while taking care of this baby, while maybe taking care of other kids at home. So I want you to just look through the lens of, like, how can I best support my body and have a strategy for this versus just kind of modifying what I was doing before, All right, so now that you kind of feel how powerful that shift is, I know that you are ready for that too. So now is the time to transform your pregnancy, your postpartum experience from just getting through it to enjoying it, to feeling good, to showing up for yourself and your baby, having the healthiest pregnancy and postpartum possible. So this is your invitation to come work with me as one of my pre and postnatal coaching clients. You'll get everything you need from a custom training plan that fits your stage of pregnancy to accountability and coaching to troubleshoot any issues, form healthy habits, and then education so you can better understand your body, optimize your workouts, and ultimately just bring everything full circle. So if this episode spoke to you, your first step is to book a free call with me. We'll chat through what you're doing now, the obstacles you might be having, where you want to be, and identify some gaps and simple steps to get there. If it feels like a good fit, we'll talk about what it looks like to work together, but all in all, it is a low-pressure call. Just want to connect with you and see if we can help you get on the right path. So if that's for you, check out the link in my bio, or not the link in my bio, we're not on Instagram. (laughs) Check out the link in the show notes and we'll set something up and we'll chat soon. So I'm looking forward to that. And if this episode, again, spoke to you, resonated with you, you know another mama that might be in need, definitely share this out, whether it's on your stories on Instagram or Facebook, or you just simply shoot this text message over to a friend or family member who is pregnant as well. I would super appreciate you spreading the love. All right, that being said, I'm going to wrap it up today, you guys, but I will chat with you soon. Go ahead and come on over to Instagram and we'll be posting all kinds of related content to things we talked about today and furthering this conversation. All right, I'll see you next time. And that's a wrap, Mama. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of the Strong Mama Podcast. If this show has served you in some way, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. Head to strongmamawellnessco.com for more free resources and opportunities for us to work together. Until next time, keep moving.